Sounds up my alley, really. With your gargoyle, stroking your gargoyle and then intermittently knitting. G'day, and welcome to podcast. <laughs> welcome to the Vibe Union podcast, episode thirty-five. It's been a minute since I've hosted, so we're going to find out how this is going to go. Not particularly confident. Oh, I'm joined by some amazing people. Let's all introduce ourselves. <laughs> My name is Minty. Yo. <laughs> cool. Oh, that's Jason. a little bit stale. Jason matched that in terms Oop. of coolness. No. Um, hello. My name is Jason. Fantastic. <laughs> Done. I'm Rath. I've somehow forgotten the dog's name. <laughs> What's the dog's name? Ella, after Ella Fitzgerald. Ella Fitzgerald. Ella is... Little... If you can't see the little flashy collar. Literally flashy. Very, very exciting. This is very loud. And we're also Sorry. joined by... Bronwyn. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much, Bronwyn. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> that was like you, you ring someone and they're like... You ring, 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 and there's a pause, and you're like, oh, great, they're there. And then they're like, Bronwyn. And you're like, God <laughs> damn it, it's a fucking man- message bed. Sorry. I'm not supposed to swear bad. in the first ah, couple of minutes of a YouTube video. Ah, sorry, don't worry about it. A very evolved synthetic human being. A very evolved synthetic human being. A very evolved synthetic human being. <laughs> just, just for good measure, the third time round. <laughs> just in case no one got that. Um. Um, off the top, we also want to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land. I think this seems like an appropriate time um, to do it. <laughs> so, uh, the oh my goodness, the um, the Wandry people of the Kulin Nation. Thank you, Jason. It's been unfortunately too long since I've done it, but Jason came to my rescue. Um, you've got MC duties all the time, so I'm not going to feel too bad about myself. Right. Yeah, I mean the land was never ceded and. We are on stolen land and we're very grateful to be able to be here to do this podcast today. Um, but we do like to pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. And that's this is about inclusivity and knowing our history and knowing our history in a way that can help us to impact our future. Yeah, thank you. I was talking to the mic. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> I'm just Sorry. looking at the thing over there. I've got a... Oh, yes. Yeah. Right, yes. Mm. Mm. Cool. This is episode... 35, as we've already mentioned, and we've just come out of a second lockdown. We're kind of into, what, two weeks of being out and about and doing our thing once again, yes. and recently we had yet another lyrebird, which um, a vibration variation number 15 off the top of my head, I think, which is our showcase events, our biggest community events, drawing the, the most people to in terms of people who just want to come and hang out with the artists it's more of a – it feels like a big party. It feels like a big uh, big um, family dinner to me, those events. Um, however, it's gotten me – it's gotten onto my mind recently the going from lockdowns back into gigs, back into lockdown, back into gigs, this constant fluctuating vastly different lifestyles mm. and how that greatly changes my energy levels and I'm sure it changes everybody's energy levels in terms of – how much you can put into these events, also how much you can put in just socialising with people in general at these events. For me personally, I like being home all the time. <laughs> but then at the same time, I think I might get myself into a rut during these lockdowns and I feel like that I just sit into the 
this is the norm now mm. being at home all the time, which again, I love, but then being forced to go out to gigs all the time, becoming part, getting into that routine, make it so much easier to expend that type of energy. Do you think it's more of a ridge than a rut? Because a rut is kind of like deep, whereas a ridge is like more like a bed, right? So you're just like constantly in bed. Mm. I mean, where does the, the term rut come from? Like where where does that originate? 1825. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. <laughs> Mother, do you know me? You, know you, you were around then. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I've been here once. I've been here for like an hour throwing shade. I beg your pardon. <laughs> Always throwing shade. Since 1872. Yes. Um, yeah, totally feel you. Like how do we all cope as individuals with the constant flux of having to go online, offline, online, offline? Are we going ahead with this event? This event? How much do we need to prep because of the possible likelihood that all of the preparation or not all of it but a lot of it may just mm-hmm. fall into the abyss because we – have suddenly a cancellation of a show because there's been a spike in numbers. So how do we all individually deal with that? And also like um, my mum is a musician so there's a difference between the the countryside and the city side in terms of their restrictions but they're still being affected by being at home and not being able to get to see gigs. Mm. Um, well then. You know what really got me is we're not allowed to dance. What? Yeah, that's why it's yeah, venues, like nightclubs. In the and, venues we've been to, yeah. I even started dancing once and all the people said, stop it. <laughs> yeah, it was pubs and stuff Sit open but down. But nightclub, nightclubs dancing stuff wasn't allowed. So. Yeah, I did see something about that today, uh, a nightclub owner posting on, on some um, local Facebook groups or forums talking about this issue that um, – Pubs in so yeah, cafe anywhere that serves food, you can get away with a hell of a lot more. Mm-hmm. But if it's like if you need it's to strictly move that food through your digestion, oh, you need to move your food through the digestion. <laughs> <laughs> the we are podcast. we are very professional when it comes to <laughs> podcasts and in general. Yeah, that's true. I guess I'm not a huge dancer, so that didn't really even no? cross my mind. No, does that surprise I you? I totally saw you in like span dangly. Tights at home with maybe a little bit of eyeliner. <laughs> oh, speaking of greatly, greatly outfits, misread. <laughs> but I'd like to hear what okay. you, how you feel about the being indoors versus like being online versus being in live and how you cope with the, the change. Uh, I think this time around having the, the circuit breaker lockdown was in a way worse because we just started, you know, we are getting into a nice little groove mm. with everything. Uh Vibe Union wise, doing doing gigs, you know, doing the the poet, doing the talking blue poetry and stuff, you know, started getting a big community, nice community with that as well, and then all come just comes this big shovel and just hits us all and goes, nah, you you got to stop. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, and it was like, oh, it could be for two weeks, could be a bit longer now. Whereas like last year, it was just okay, we're going to be locked down for three months. three months, four months, whatever. So we're like, okay, strap yourselves in for a long time, and then it was this, and then one coming out, it was kind of weird restrictions like we can do this you can't you can go here but you can't go to this venue so some venues for us were open some venues for us weren't open yet um luckily they're all open now so we're talking blue tomorrow night ronnie's blue bar 7 p.m yes uh, sticky will, plug this will um, come out like six days after that yeah, that's event. fine <laughs> i've actually got a little segue just off that if you don't mind a little riff off that what is something that you each of you think 
um, you have, like what's something that you've learned during lockdown, a skill that you maybe didn't have in terms of like creating? could be any type of creation and, and you know, we want our listeners and watchers to, to have a think about that too. So when we had lockdown, we are constantly changing from having to be in venue to then having to not be in venue. What skills do you think you learnt to change and adapt to this new scenario of on again, off again, on again, on again, on again, off again. In terms of the actual like in, ter- in relation to what we were doing, being quickly adaptable to, ju- to take to, to basically to live stream, yeah. though not a particularly like I, I wouldn't say it's like a skill that you need to study for obviously, but there's lots of um, lots of little bits and pieces of software that I definitely had to learn very, very quickly. But I think rather than the skill of live streaming itself is how do you adapt a com- how do you how do you pull community together in different ways really really mm. quickly in different scenarios yeah. taking our taking our community that is fo- focused entirely almost in a live setting and moving that online really, really quickly and retaining their yes. their attention, keeping that consistency, not losing yeah. your numbers because yeah. you're changing, you know, into a different Something, venue. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, um, I think yeah, talking about live streams is a good one because I think when we did the circle break a lot um, live streams, uh, like I emceed with MQ, and so it was. I mean, I barely had to do anything. I the the tech side was all. Was all you? You had so, to organise your carrots. Yeah, um, <laughs> microphones. Thank you. Uh, Sorry, <coughs> but yeah, I, I think the illusion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a man of mystery, but I think for me it was interesting to try to try to be able to adapt. Uh, I'm talking, to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be serious. It's the location of the carrot. <laughs> <laughs> it's the shape of the carrot. <laughs> <laughs> We're having technical difficulties. We'll be uh, right back. <laughs> so, yeah, when I was emceeing. There we go. That's a bit better. <laughs> Tops off that one. Just a tip. Uh, oh, I'm dear. taking the top off. Okay. That's, that's, that's worse. Okay. This, uh, this, this makes is great. it worse for some reason. This is great for a visual medium of podcasting. <laughs> yes, we, ha- we are holding carrots. There yes. are carrots everywhere for those that are just listening and we've got some half-eaten carrots uh, and they're sort of in the vicinity of um, the four-metre-long legs of um, Jason. Yes, I am, I am seven <laughs> metres tall. I am an anomaly in this world. Anyway, so during the lockdown, when I was emceeing with MQ, it was just kind of interesting. I guess it's sort of a bit of a bit of just a narcissistic thing, but having to adapt the emceeing style that I usually do. I, mean, I wouldn't call it a style. I guess it's just me talking shit into a microphone when I emcee, and having an emcee being a far more professional vibe and ability to engage an audience far better than I can mm, okay. so which I mean <laughs> gosh <laughs> I just realised that sorry that was quite loud this is a bit of ASMR for you there <laughs> this is one of the one of the most chaotic podcasts so far I mean we're going to have we're going to have a, a 35 no, is, is chaos, chaos number well, this, this is what, it was what is chaos yeah. is chaos a bad thing I think it's creation through destruction mmm but, it, but is chaos destruction? 
it's just not order. It doesn't necessarily mean it's not it's not broken. Like it's is a, a bridge a bridge? Is a bridge a bridge if a bridge is broken? Well, that's not that isn't chaos because a bridge is that's a broken thing. Mm. Whereas if it's just a bridge that's been sort of moved somewhere else <laughs> and looks a little bit kind of like out, out of sorts. It's still a bloody bridge. It's still working. It's therefore not chaos. I'm not sure if this is making any sense. <laughs> but sure. I'd say that's a pretty chaotic analysis of chaos. So, yeah, MQ and I decided uh, that we should do this and I thought it went really well. <laughs> I don't think it was chaotic at all. That, that's not sarcasm. No, we weren't, that wasn't chaotic. We're talking about the podcast being chaotic, not the. Oh, no, I know. Yeah. I realise. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay, cool. Uh, what about you, Bird? <laughs> I don't know she, what's going on. <laughs> she often gets called Bird, but she's what's, just what's about me? <laughs> oh, you've forgotten the question. <laughs> All right. Sometimes this happens as well. Where, so that's you know, why she's wearing the helmet, to keep the thoughts in. <laughs> well,. We were talking about chaos, but we were also oh, talking what about I... th- what have you learned in, in lockdown? Oh, right, okay. Being a yes, musician I was yourself. Tr- I was thinking very hard about that. And I'm going not online. I'm sure that I've learned anything very much. Well, you were able to go online, you were able to. Well, yes, I did a little bit of um, Zoom stalking. <laughs> Zoom stalking? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a thing now. Does that explain? How do you stalk, stalk on Zoom? Well, it's a way of accessing Zoom without actually contributing. So you're just watching other people. But oh, that's yeah. creepy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Do you sit there with your knitting needles? <laughs> Sounds up my alley, really. With that's your gargoyle, a... stroking your gargoyle, and then intermittently knitting. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I guess um, I could be called Zoom stalker. Yes. Yes, and look. Oh, dude, that is creepy, isn't it? <laughs> That's. <laughs> I mean, usually we don't refer to ourselves as stalkers as an actual name, but you know, it could. Speak for yourself, <laughs> though, you know. If you're good at something, you know. But yes, but but you've but you're able to tune in all the way from Newstead, and how have you found the music scene changing out in the country out near Castleman? Because obviously we're in the we're in the city. Um, near my mum Bronwyn is in is in Castleman. I always call it Castleman. I don't yeah, look at me. I've never been. We see Castlemaine from who grew up there. I grew up there, yeah. by the way. Oh, uh, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. We see Castlemaine, <laughs> but it's, to- it's totally stupid. Yeah, I, you know, whenever like a, a comedian would come through and, and they'd do a big show at the Theatre Royal, um, then they'd be like, oh, I've heard you guys call it Castlemaine. Oh, sorry. I, yeah, I, I, here I am at Castlemaine. And the entire crowd would do the classic country, country thing. It's Castlemaine. And it's so... It's, it's so northerner. It's so stupid. Uh, all of that guy's from bloody Castlemaine. <laughs> <laughs> I just realised I was chewing at the same time. Dangerous. Language is so fluid. I mean, you know, like, does it... Is it Castlemaine, Castlemaine, Castlemaine? Castlemaine. I mean, I, I feel like it is... I mean, how do we evolve accents, regional <laughs> accents, or if we if we're only if we're not allowed to say a particular name in yeah, in an individual way? way. 
I especially like in I mean in this day and age when we are all most of us are online twenty four seven. Yes, we are Language interacting. Fluid. Yeah, we are interacting with people from all around the world. So I was, I, I've been thinking about this more and more with um, with rapping, especially like I've been changing my accent very slightly. I never want to oh. lean too far into the American side of things. Yes, because I can't stand. There's for some reason in Australia it seems that there's two types of rap accents there's either you lean way harder into your australian accent which i find sounds pretty bad <laughs> when, yeah, depending, because, on, depending on the aussie accent because some people yeah. can really pull it off they've got a mm. nice sort of twang yeah but other people you're like Ooh. but i feel like in aussie hip-hop i feel like it's almost a confrontational thing like um we don't i think they don't want most people to like it like it's a bit of like a um, you don't get it, or it's a bit it's kind of punk rock to be a little bit, you know, to be a bit. Um... I go down with my tinny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, I that like classic, to sit that classic hip hop song. Bird binny. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the first uh, rap song come out of Australia. I think. Yeah. <laughs> but do you think do you think that might be true that like because I know that I, I we've all I feel like we've we've probably all encountered artists who who act like they're annoyed that people don't like their stuff or people don't or they're not part of the mainstream like oh people don't really like people, people yeah. we have so un, so underground but because the like mainstream that. sucks they just want to be anything but mainstream so they lean yes. way harder into the opposite but that's I, that's like the australian kind of uh, stereotype a little bit is like ah yeah. Oh, yeah nah i don't want to don't want any don't want any sort of fuss over something I've done, yeah, yeah, but then yeah. also some people are like just tell me I'm good, and that's that's where I lean. Just tell me I'm good, and we can move on. Uh, mm. But I think yeah, talking talking about the leaning into it kind of does seem a bit fake. Going oh no, I want to yeah. be this anti thing because maybe it is like they want to be so different to that stereotypical uh, American uh, American style of uh, mainstream rap. We hear a lot of arrogance and mm-hmm. I've got this, I've got that. Not all of it, but, you know, a lot of it, there's that, that also that stereotype that comes out of it as well. So I, I don't know, I don't know it's enough it, about it. But. Maybe it's also like embracing it too because it's like there, each individual like sound for a rapper is very unique to that area. Like, you know, the UK mm-hmm. rap sounds so different yeah. to American rap, you know. And, and why... I guess why can't Australians just leap into it and l- totally lean into it? Because that's part of like whatever your accent is is part of who you are. Like the way you sound is from has been shaped mm-hmm. by what you've experienced and the, the sounds that you've heard around you, if you as you've grown up, what you've listened to on television as well. You know, so there might even be some other sounds from overseas. But um, I think. I think maybe it's that whole thing of rebellion. It's like it, it's a, it's a, it's a culture, right? Mm. You know, so the rap that the rap and expression um, has an association with a little bit more kind of a, I guess, urban. This is my life. It's intense stuff, but then not say as counterculture well. is probably counterculture. Way yeah, to go about it. yeah. So. Um, I mean, I don't know a huge amount about rap. I'm just learning about it. But this mm. is sort of something I've kind of like grappled with, kind of thinking what's the difference between the, that Aussie sound and the British or the American and why? what's my intention for doing this and why do I think it sounds weird, you know? It only mm-hmm. sounds weird because we're so used to, we're so saturated by English and American mm-hmm. rap that 
that almost becomes what we identify. Well, I, I don't know, but that's what I see people oh. identifying with. I'm yeah. like, nah, man, just like embrace your sound, embrace your uniqueness. And mm. that will, if you keep leaning into it, that will continue to grow. And and that thing of, oh, well, no, you're not meant to like us. I think that's just that's just a, f- a facade, right? Yeah. The showmanship. I think though as well, and uh, look, I probably should know more about I think Aussie hip hop in terms of its history before I really make any points, but not having enough information to back me up has never stopped me making a point before. So I'm going to go, go ahead anyway. It's just uh, an opinion uh, then, isn't it? Yeah, it's just an that's, opinion. That's called white man privilege, that one. That's oh, the- come on now. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, certainly it is. Um, but the the Aussie hip hop that I'm talking about, and I feel like, Jason, you know, um, you would have heard plenty of this as well, is it's – it's leaning also on a much older style of hip-hop as well. So it's all very mm. 90s based and very confrontational um, in terms of the – and so I think that that's why I that's why my mind goes to that, that they are leaning into it almost because maybe some of them know that like that particular accent isn't going to be popular with a lot of people because they're like, this is this is just for us, just for here – it only frustrates me when they talk, but then at the same time, that's the culture demands that you talk about being the best, talk about going worldwide, talking about making all this money when you're also trying to be countercultural at the same time. It's like, well. So that's a real contradiction, isn't it? You're trying to be counterculture but also buying into the whole you're nothing unless you're successful kind of trope. Oh, this ties so well into the next topic that I was going to talk about. Thank you so much. That's Slow brilliant. Fast lifestyle. <laughs> yes, sort of. Because so th- one thing that has, this t- I'm going to tie it all together. I'm about oh. to bring it all together right now. So one thing that has really been on my on my mind <laughs> during these lockdowns and going from lockdowns to gigging every every couple of weeks. You know, we we, we might have a different kind of setup. Um, though we aren't hugely successful in terms of uh, making any sort of money or, or having a worldwide audience or anything like that, the workload in compa- of putting on like sometimes like three to four events every single week yeah. is just like a non-stop lifestyle of going yeah. out to venues, interact, socializing with a lot of people. There's a lot of drinking, um, plenty of other things. Speak for yourself. Well, I will. I do speak for myself. There is a lot of drinking. A lot of drinking. H two O. Sure. Yes. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of I guess you would call it the fast paced lifestyle elements to that type of uh well, to that life. Then going back into lockdown and having to massively, massively slow down mm. has because they're so close together, um, it's forcing me to jump in and out of these two lifestyles. It's made me really kind of think about like, oh, I actually like the slow lifestyle a lot. A lot more. I like being out. I like interacting with people. But for me, I need to have my downtime yes. to regenerate. Mm. Otherwise, if when I go out, I'm just draining myself constantly. Um, and this idea of going worldwide, being hugely <laughs> successful is so ingrained into us. But I've been thinking about it more and more. That like, Do I actually want to be successful in a way that demands that I have to travel, that I have to be gigging all the time, that I have to be working almost constantly? Or does it actually make more sense for me to focus more on what can I do as like a day job? 
being more like doing mixing, making beats, live streaming, stuff like yeah. that. Things that I can do where it's like clock off, go have my downtime. Because if I'm always on the road, I know I'm going to be drained all of the time. Mm. And but so I guess to tie back into this this counterculture kind of thing as well, and talking about being hugely hugely successful, mm. where is the success? that actually makes sense for one, the art that you're making and also the lifestyle that you're living and want to keep living. Because yeah. if you like this counterculture lifestyle, if you like this kind of small scale stuff, maybe the small community events that is just for your team, maybe that makes so much more sense than this. all this talk of let's go, let's blow up, let's be the biggest thing. With, with, with you want your consist Sorry, consistency. Yes, I'm so loud. Uh, consistency. If you keep like that, then that's fine. You can <laughs> have the mic anywhere oh, you like. Be tiring. No, consistency with like concept, like you, you, you can't just have. I mean, you can. You can do whatever you like. But let's just say you had an Australian accent, really strong, who's talking about, oh, I'm going down the streets and I'm in the hood and I'm there's like you know the the, the drain sellers or I don't know like like catchphrases. Drain sellers. Drain, drain sellers. sellers. I don't know. I was thinking of like drain. Yeah, uh, drano. You know, pe- <laughs> people were you know. selling drano. Well, wasn't well, were people eating Tide Pods at one point that yeah, just escalated to Drano. You could Drano. I wonder if that would do anything. Yeah, but, yeah, but like we'll probably do something. Nothing good, but it will do something. Yeah. <laughs> me and you've given me a great idea. I'm very happy to anyway, so you're, 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 yeah, you're talking about Anyway, the consistency of Drano. thought. So like I was talking about drains. <coughs> Excuse me, let me just drain myself. Uh, yeah, the consistency of thought. So, you know, like if you're going to have a, a subculture, then it makes sense to be rapping about the stuff that's consistent to you in your world, that's fast-paced, this slow-paced, this change, and not just the ideas and thoughts that have been almost borrowed from another culture. Mm-hmm. I was, um, actually, no, I was just, just thinking of, of uh, lyrics. I, I uh, was listening to J. Cole yesterday. Mm-hmm. He had a song, I can't remember what song's called. But with lyrics in there, it was like I'd rather, I'd rather hear, I think I'd rather hear rappers not rapping about um, capping and talking about, about being, but being Drains. a broke rapper because I respect that more. Because oh. it's sort of like yeah, the, the song from basic was like you know these people go out uh, some of the lyrics that you know they go uh, these rappers or go out and they'll perform and they'll talking about this and that and they'll go home and they won't be able to pay their rent. Sort of thing. It's mm. like they go out and yeah, say, "I've got this yeah. and that." They can't pay their rent because they're still on the grind, still trying to get where they're going. And then they're talking about capping and being gangsters and stuff. And he's like, and then they were like, "I would rather rather you talk about being broke and struggling because I respect mm. that more because that is what you're actually doing at the it's moment." Real. And then he and then the, the goes, "I was like that in 2008. I didn't. I wasn't. I was performing. I wasn't able to get my cake or something like that." And I was like, "You know, that's yeah." So I think in it's authenticity a little bit, but um. And also, if you wanted to, like an Australian version, the person that came to was Cursor. I don't know if you've heard I much of his. I recognise the name, yeah. Uh, he talks about, was he, where's he from? Sydney, Melbourne, not Melbourne. It's two different places. Uh, <laughs> New South Wales. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm from Tasmania. They're all, they're all, they're all mainlanders to me. Uh, he's from Campbelltown in New South we Wales, I think. We so, so much. <laughs> yes, I know, but we have all the apples. That's it. I don't know. What are you talking about? Changes might take over the world. Who knows? No, we're, we're, we're dying out. No, yeah. you're a dying breed. We got, we got the best yeah. apples, man. You mean? There's some apples around Harcourt. There's even an apple festival. I played at the apple festival. That was my first ever gig. My first ever performance is at the mm. Harcourt Apple Festival. <laughs> Hardcore. It's also a garlic <laughs> festival. There's a potato festival too. 
Let's and the garlic festival. It's a garlic beer. It's disgusting. Oh, ugh. weird. I've had a muscle beer. Like made of muscles. Oh, I've had I've had what? muscle alcohol too. Like, yeah, yeah it's, it was so strong. It's gross. Yeah, it sounds awful. Yeah, but then I don't like muscles, so I guess. I'd... Anyway, um... <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> do you uh, like muscles? <laughs> <laughs> what What are you What are you doing? What's this creative thing you're doing here? We'll be right back. That's oh. fine. Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right, Brussels no, sprout. Maybe oh. Minty should host. I'm in the hosting chair. This is green and blue. <laughs> oh, pink, pink. And pink? pale green and bright blue in occasional parts. Can we, I don't you want to show the camera? We've got a lovely scarf that's being knitted. The camera's over here, Mum. We, we are we are we are rap and hip hop to the core. <laughs> Rapping about the wool that we uh, see on <laughs> Bronwyn's sh- <laughs> knee. Knitters, knitters for life. Knitters for life. Um, that, that's a joke. That's already that's was on yeah. Bob's Burgers or something. So I didn't um, make it up. I'll claim it though. Circling back to you. Okay. Old mate from Melbourne Cursor, or Sydney. From from the mainland. Well, he, yeah, he raps a lot about. <coughs> oh, he was like, I don't know how long. Ten years ago, eight years ago, whatever it was. A lot about taking drugs, cops, feds, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And now I think he's gone a bit feds. Feds. Fed, Fed the Fed, federal police. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah feds. No, uh, talking about how he's keeping everyone well fed. <laughs> yeah. He's a chef by trade, rapper on the no. Um, yeah, I think he's now got. <laughs> he talk. He raps a lot about all mental health stuff as well, a little yeah. bit. But he still also has the gen- stereotypical lyrics, but it does it in more of an Australian way because. So that's where he's from. So it's still, Let yeah, kind of. Chinny. But uh, it's still going on about tinnies. <laughs> I really want a tinny, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love a tinny. And also he was uh, he was not allowed on Triple J. So he, he played. Why? They just didn't play his music. They deliberately oh, okay. made sure. And so he played into that. It was yeah. like, well, I'm the rapper that, uh, mm. you know, the news, the news reported that I wasn't. Triple J wouldn't play my music and stuff. So he definitely... I think that's not really saying a lot. Triple J. Oh yeah, oh no, Triple J's garbage. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> is uh, this is this is all just opinion. You no, know? it's not. Like, it's no, true. Factually, it's yeah, so, Triple J, true. J sue me. Back um, in the day when we were the young whippersnappers, Triple J was about punk and soul. I remember when Triple J? Well, actually, it was Double J then yeah, when well, it yeah. first started. Oh. Yeah, it was started Double J. Yeah. Yeah, it started yeah. as Double J, and it was really cool and. When, what, and then when the, the system takes over, doesn't it? When was that? 1825. <laughs> <laughs> Late 70s? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, it was kind of cool in like the... When I first started listening to it, I think they just started changing because, oh, who was it? Um, he was in Friends of Romp. Was it doc- The Doctor? Was it the thing? Mm, yeah, because yeah, you couldn't... Doctor. But you couldn't... Because it was ABC, you couldn't promote your own bands on... The radio, because mm. uh, and but oh. Friends of Romp was a ma- was a pretty big like Australian rock punk mm-hmm. band g- coming up, but he couldn't really play them when he was on air because it was yes. conflict of interest. So it was like right. I think he had the good the good time slot on the. This is when I was first listening to it, so I didn't. Uh, so yeah, it was kind of this weird conflict of interest. But he was one of the he was the lead singer or guitarist of this band. So mm. it's a bit. But now it's just turned into. Mm. Garbage, as you said. Garbage. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. That's a nice way Which to put it. Which is a fact, it. not an opinion. Yes. Um, all right. So I'd like to then go around and kind of ask, because we're all 
creatives, and I think we're all trying, or or some of us already are um, living off it. Um, and I've been, you know, thinking more about the term career because I think like career is a funny word I think like for so for for me career in my mind thing I think of like working musicians and working artists people who are um who who have made a professional career yeah who've made a professional career so <laughs> let's let, let's By compare, talking to microphones here yeah. considering this is um has been a relatively hip hop focused um, both discussion and also podcasts in general for a lot of the time. Po- uh, Hip hop in general, also coupled, I guess, with rock music, always is promoting the idea of like you need to blow up, you need to actually, you need to become a successful pretty much overnight is the idea, right? And also, success is not simply like, oh, you can make enough money to pay your rent off. It's you need to become successful enough so you can buy a jet, so you can buy a mansion, so you can buy a Rolex, you can buy all this kind of crap. Versus the uh, and, and so in my mind I don't even the word career doesn't fit that that's almost like winning the lotter, lottery mm. while career for me thinks more about what I was talking about before like doing some mixing work doing some live work maybe even playing some local gigs enough so I can pay my bills being creatively fulfilled stretching your skill set constantly growing and regularly doing that and being paid for that as opposed to just writing a hook and then doing the generic thing of buying a jet yeah, and just casually, buying yeah. into commercial. I mean, I guess that's the commercial thing but then there's a counter-commercial as well by having not having the jet. Like I'm mm. going to be purposefully hipster or something. Mm. That also is another counter to career as well because you've got like I'm poor, the poor artist, but Mm. maybe that's just also a facade as well. Mm. Um, That's like another career option sort of in some weird kind of way. I think it's instead of saying career, I think it's more like successful because like my my thing is that as an whatever type of art you do or as an artist – to me, success like because people say, oh, you know, they're a su- su- successful lawyer or successful whatever. It's if you're at, for me, it's like I, I would, I'd say I'd be a su- successful poet or whatever if I was able to act, uh, have disposable income after paying bills and rent or whatever. And all I have to do is poetry because mm-hmm. you know a lot of people are like, oh, well, I have to go to work and so I can't do this and that or I can't come to the studio today because I have yeah. got to – if you're – if to me, like you might not be blowing up, you might not be be able to afford X, Y, Z, but if you can if – if all your money comes from the one thing, the, the creative side, then to me that's successful because you are living off of that creativity. Mm-hmm. It, it might just be uh, you could buy a house, a, a, an average car and – be able to go on holiday three twice a year or something. Mm. Uh, not at the moment, but when <laughs> I won't go down that road. But to me, it's just like yeah, we're on to it. Uh, no, don't, don't, no, 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 no. Cancelled holidays no, uh, a year. Yes, uh, twice cancelled holidays yes, a year. Very those, nice. Uh, uh, but yeah, I think once you be able to be comfortable and not have to worry about doing anything else other than your art, mm-hmm. then that's success. Mm. But it might not be. Blowing up, but it's still. Bronwyn, I'm going to throw this question to you. So we have a we have a concept of success now. What do you think the culture of and the idea of success was when you were growing up, when you were our age? 
27, please. 27. <laughs> <laughs> We're all 27. Yep. Look, I think the whole notion of being a, a world success is pretty old, to be honest. I mean, you know, like the old um, long-haired classical musicians, you know, like Mozart and Beethoven and oh, Liszt. Okay. Yeah, going way, way back. Well, they took their world by storm. Mm. So there's always been people who are superb creatives, like... I have a more organic kind of approach. Like we all are creating our own story in our lives one way or the other. And it's only by having a rich cultural kind of bed that the really great artists can emerge from. You know, great artists cannot emerge from a desert. No, no. Well, so yeah. so some people are incredible, you know. Some people are amazing musicians or amazing creatives, and others are not. And some people sacrifice themselves on the altar of success. Many, many sacrifice mm. themselves on the altar of success. Mm. That's interesting because I was just thinking of. I can't. I don't know who the the artist is talking about. Like now, like being successful now is compared to any other era. Is there's a I can't remember an artist, but she she's like the most liked TikTok ever, and all she did was bob her head up and down. Do you to, know what TikTok is? Um, oh. It's what it's what a clock does. Um, so that that, sure that joke's never been made. Uh, but yeah, no, it's the the most liked video on TikTok or something. And it was just her like bobbing up and down and making some funny faces to a song. And now she has a full-fledged music career. What? Yeah. As oh, I so, said, like okay. it's just sort of – so just doing something like that can just bang. But here's you say a, fully-fledged. Sorry, you go. You go. Well, I was going to say here's another – here, this is kind of a, another topic that can be touched on is um, – because. Because artists and – well, just everybody in general gets frustrated all the time by like people doing – Nothing and becoming hugely successful. Mm. Recently, there's been um, Twitch has been taken over by women in bikinis in um, oh, the, in blow the pool up. and spa. Yeah, there's the topic and genre. On, you're not yeah. allowed to. They're changing it now on Twitch, but you weren't allowed to be wearing revealing clothing unless you were in a pool. On that was the guidelines on Twitch. And so what they and so what a bunch of women did is they put a blow up pool in their room and then they just, and then they have a pool. So it's like, (laughs) right now we're meeting the guidelines and everyone came down so hard of them saying you are ruining Twitch. Like you, because they're getting more views than all the actual Mm. Twitch gamers and stuff like that. And everyone's coming down on them for doing that. But I was like, um, but who's clicking on them? Like it's the 15,000 people or something or more watching someone talk to them in a bikini. Like, but if the audience is doing that, in. Yeah, yeah, if the audience is doing that, why is it their fault as the creators? They don't, don't get that money. Though, I don't geez. understand how that's that falls on them. That seems no. like because because then what? What do you think? They all the people who came for the bikini are going to come to watch your Twitch game? I don't think so. I think like. They think they're stealing their likes. They're like, this person's getting so many likes, therefore yeah. they must be taking likes from me. Yeah. But you got to think, like, as you said, right, mm-hmm. like it's the audience. Are you really going to be taking the audience member who would be watching a woman in a pool g- talking about, I don't know, eating just- spaghetti? 
<laughs> I'd watch that. I'd just, just no, my, mainly for the spaghetti content. That's yeah, my, yeah, yeah. That's you know, and she's just got like tin spaghetti in the pool. Um, That'd be something know. different. That'd be different. Pool of spaghetti. Yeah, pool of spaghetti. That would be I mean, different. We're getting though. off topic now, but um, no, it's, it's still about creative stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, yeah, it could be a pool of spaghetti, but even that audience. You, you, the content is is going to be bringing in certain audience members and, yes, you'll have like outliers who might go, oh, maybe I'll watch this Twitch thing. Mm-hmm. But really it's just bringing in an entirely different market. Mm. Yeah, but, you know, it's a pretty sure bet, isn't it? It is a sure bet. I mean, it's a pretty So why are they getting annoyed? Kind of. Well, it's a pretty – I mean, well – Female in I think I think so, the argument they're trying know. to make is that people like are on Twitch and they've been playing games for years and they've been honing their skills and strategy yeah. and then all it takes to get fifteen thousand views or ten thousand views is to woman in is, a, is, a pool of is to be a generically attractive woman so in, a, in a pool. So we no, I think that's the argument there. It's like there's, yeah. I'm like I mean if I. If if I was if I was an Adonis, I'd be I wouldn't be wearing clothes and be getting money for it. Like, it's it, and that's <laughs> yeah. the whole concept of success, though, isn't it? As well, but the thing is, people through all time have been annoyed at people who get famous quickly, who mm-hmm. get rich quickly. But what has that person? That's another thing as well. What has that person done behind the scenes mm-hmm. to get there? Like, I know loads of people who are serial people who just like done the circuit, done the circuit, and then like they then they always do like the reality shows. Mm-hmm. And that's their thing. They, they like mm. doing that. But they're constantly doing them. They're constantly honing how they can get further on in the reality show, you know. And so that's that's they're honing their skills. That is the other aspect of people who get success. <clears throat> Most of them pay their dues, to be honest. Yeah. Mm. Most of them do pay their dues. They work very hard. I'm Okay. <laughs> Uh, there's um because you rarely you rarely see the it's very rare you see the um yeah the build up before the success because it because it's, mm. it's that's like a documentary like ten twenty years down the road maybe you see like you see the the, the come up but um because I was thinking I was gonna say before actually that, that for the most part we're selling a an escape from your own reality, right? Yeah. So yes. if, if we paint this as like – so if you if you show the kids like, oh, look, you can become overnight success and look at all these things. You can have the Rolex, you can have the watch, uh, so Rolex and the plane and, and beautiful women and money and, 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 and all this kind of and spaghetti. Then yeah. it's just – yeah, it, it's it's an escape from a – from, a, from a, I guess whatever is ailing them at the time. Mm. But um, – because it's not, it's not, it's not a good show. It's not a good escape to show. Look at the twenty years they worked to get to that point. No, that doesn't fit no. the narrative. Marketing. That's a really, really interesting point. What you said about being sold something which is an escape from people's own reality, because that is the whole basis of our society, and is there surely there's some way where we can turn that around? And say, how do we create our own the our own reality the way we want it, and not the way we are sold it? Yeah. Why create? Yeah. <laughs> why create? Don't just show us the end product. Like 
is there some way of educating people to show people that the the getting there is actually really fun? Like maybe, yeah, there's some hard stuff at the beginning but then once you start, you know, like when you're learning a skill, once you start getting into it then that can be a beautiful thing and I think we're forgetting to show that aspect of of it. This is maybe. sort of <laughs> the reason I wanted to bring up the, the, the idea of like what we – the slow versus the fast life in relation to lockdowns because um, because thinking about like the slower lifestyle and also like the community aspect, instead of selling people this astronomical version of wealth and success, showing people that this is enough. If you get to pay, if you can live off what you're doing and then just get to go and hang out and record little podcasts and go and do gigs at Liber and stuff like that. I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, if my life is that, plus I go home and play video games and hang out and drink with my girlfriend, it's like, that's a pretty fucking that's sick bliss. life. That is what absolutely What more could you possibly want than that? The only, and the, uh, what is that? There's like the, um, the ain't, uh, the, uh, it reminds me of a, um, there was a proverb or a little story or something like that um, of like this wealthy man walking past this peasant. Yeah. You know the one. And the peasant's just sitting there kind of lazing around. And the guy's like, yo, what, what are you doing? Why aren't you out yo, there working? Yo, what are you doing? Yo, what, 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 <laughs> yo, what are you doing? Why aren't man? you out there working so you can afford the things that I have? Why can't? Why don't, wouldn't you want to work and then you can have this these fancy clothes and my big house? Um, and I was like, but then, but then what are you going to do? Well, I'm, you know, why are you working to the rich man? And the rich man's like, well, one day I can just laze around. I can just relax. What do you think I'm doing right now? I'm sitting on the ground relaxing, chilling out. And I think maybe, I'm hoping, we've seen, I'm sure we've all seen plenty of articles about this recently about like there's a lot more people because of lockdowns are reassessing. What am I actually doing this yeah. for? Why are we doing, why are we working five days a week? Why? Yes. Why can't I work? eight hours a day when I can do? Yeah. What can I do? I can do four hours to four to six hours, four days a week. Have a three day weekend, and I'm still as efficient. They're yeah. trialing it in Japan. They're they're, they're trialing um, the wonderful. four day w- yeah. work week, which is fascinating yeah. to me because Japan has such a uh, such a rigor- rigorous hard work ethic. Yeah, they do. They have they have a very particular type of um, work culture. Similar mm. in Korea as well. There's a very strict yeah. work culture there, which mm. they, these things are changing. Yeah. But I think if they I think the I guess if they think they can implement something yeah, something efficient and, and still efficient and it still mm. has the same culture um, that they more or less would have in the office, then there's no reason not to try it. Mm. And I guess it's the whole idea of moving forward and and when people are forced into something that they wouldn't normally try, Mm. that's when they can kind of go, oh, damn. Mm. They might have been sceptical about it before. Oh, that'll never work, you Mm. know. But when you're forced to actually try something, you then have the information to make a a proper decision as to whether Mm -hmm. it works or it doesn't work Mm. and whether it works for you or whether it doesn't work for you. And that that is one really positive thing I think out of this, the whole lockdown experience is learning how to be so adaptable and to know that what we have is enough. Mm And we can make it work and you can still be a functioning, successful human in whatever mm. that way is in at home with just a garage mm-hmm. mm. or at work if mm. that's so what you choose, you know. Especially for artists as well now that we, we have technologies 
means well, there's no limitation on what we can create. We can now we can we can create albums to the same standard as as the greats can. We can do pretty much fucking anything now. Um, we can make films. We can make TV shows and all kinds of stuff. Just and then that's where you think, well, then what's the next stage? Well, how do we then expand from that? I think we need to go. I think we need to stop thinking worldwide success and start thinking local success or not necessarily local. Cause I think, you know, focusing online is also fine. Finding your people online is great, but, um, don't lose your head, don't lose your head. <laughs> but, Focusing on just building your communities over building worldwide success and uh, ridiculous amounts of wealth. Yeah, and it's very interesting that the, the, some of the deepest, most inspiring music has come from people and, you know, like the blues and, and, <coughs> and rap too. I mean, I think rap originated in Jamaica actually. But a lot of great music comes from... Um, well, actually, most of it comes from the bottom up, yeah. you know, and then people Earthing. sort of take it, you know, they take the blues, they take rap, they take break dancing, um, you know, I mean, ballet was originally um, folk dance, tap dance was originally clog dances, just people mm, okay. getting together yeah. in their, their communities and expressing themselves through music and art and dance. And that's where we always get our inspiration from, you know. We always get our inspiration, I reckon, from the bottom, from the roots, you know. And uh, so if we are roots musicians, so to speak, or roots artists, poetry, spoken word is a great form of um, art, you know, and that's that's the real thing. That's not out there being, you know, winner of some competition and then getting taken up and um, sort of industrialised through your own image. It's just who, who we really are. Mm. It's such a common thing during like uh, if you're watching like documentaries about like how did something start um and talking about well, to to reference hip-hop once more like watching the watching the greats talk about how they started in new york and, and all those kind of places and, and and they're talking about like oh we didn't really expect this to blow up we we were doing this for our little block we're doing this for our city we're just doing this for our community and through that then it was authentic and I think that's common through Because they weren't doing it for anybody. They're just doing yeah. it for themselves, for that community. Mm-hmm. I think that ties is good like sort of ties with our vibe union is that obviously we want to go as far as we can with it mm-hmm. and make it a viable business, a viable yeah. everything. But we also are still very conscious about the community that we've started continuing and growing because mm. like – We've referenced it before, but we did the the two circuit breaker lockdowns, and then because we had an extra bit of lockdown, we missed out on talking blue as well. So we did a we we gave to the community uh, a, a a live stream with talking blue, mm-hmm. and it's sort of a we didn't have to. We, there was no no one really asked us to that I'm aware of, no. but it was just a. We, we were saying, well, we're going to be home anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to give back to you. We're going to keep doing what we want to do. And I think, yeah, we kind of, it's not, it's not, 
in the forefront of our mind going, okay, well, we're going to have to crunch numbers and this gig that we're supposed to do isn't viable for us. Um, uh, I was going to say medically for some reason, financially. <laughs> uh, I mean, medically too. Talking about yeah. the mental health stuff side of it. Yeah. But uh, um, <laughs> I just can't word sometimes. But yeah, I think it's good to have that. Yeah, if your first ambition is, okay, I'm going to do one song and then it's going to be, mm-hmm. I'm going to blow up. I'm going to, I'm going to challenge uh, Pitbull for for the next Mr. Worldwide. So uh, P Diddy for his menu log ad. Yes. <laughs> so you can have it. Like. Was it P yeah. Diddy or Snoop Dogg? Oh, sorry, Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I think um, we've uh, we've not received direct criticism all the time, but there's been there's <laughs> there has actually no, well, there has been has direct it? criticism oh. of like the way we do things, and I've. I like to take that on and kind of chisel away at my ideals about what we're doing just to test, basically test, make sure that we are doing it right or I'm not just blind. But yeah, we keep coming back to this idea that if we continue to build this community and this foundation, then that is in itself the success, which at the same time actually does raise your chances of reaching that success that even the, the even the, even we're talking about this level of worldwide insane wealth and success mm-hmm. that actually comes from building that foundation that community first community connectability mm. opportunity freedom authenticity yeah. freedom of expression and freedom of creativity and in that if we if people can feel nurtured can feel, can can feel welcomed then they can be the best versions of themselves and they can be the best version in the audience to support that person on stage that's yeah. going to be harboring a beautiful environment for some lovely growth and and that direction to the stars yes. mother and if all those fails, we can just become a cult and they always get news coverage. So <laughs> I, I keep saying it all the time, but there's always a backup plan. So just... I'm very comfortable with that. Yeah, cool. I think that's a good wrap-up. Yep. I think that's a nice little um, summary of kind of everything we've done. So, well, that's um, episode 35 of the VU Podcast. What a bloody ripper of a time. Um, thank you, everyone, for you. coming on board. Does anyone have any final words? Bronwyn, Ella. I'm going to talk into the mic so there's not dead um, air for the um, audio um, listeners. So <laughs> we I do just want to do a little dog. closing. Like just to, uh, we, we did the opening um, for our First Nations people, but I also just want to do um, a closing acknowledgement. Um, apologies, I have a little bit of carrot in my mouth, but just really grateful to, to be here and, and we're constantly learning and we're constantly growing and there's a lot of um, generational trauma and I think it's really important to be aware of that. And if we're conscious and we're conscious of trying to to learn and understand and be empathetic, then I think that's that's really a positive way forward. So I'm very grateful to be living on this this beautiful uh, this beautiful earth around us here in in, um, in Australia. And I my heart is with with the First Nations people, past, present, and emerging. And I think it is for all of us. And um, thank you. <laughs>